0: But I did want to ask you two, what's your favorite Pokemon?
1: I'm going to say Charmander is probably my favorite Pokemon.
2: I'm going to go with Squirtle because it will clearly defeat Kel Charmander because water types take down fire types because that's my favorite Pokemon type because I am a Kane and a Carson combined. Hello,
1: and welcome back to the Survivor at Home podcast, where we are recapping episode five of season 44. I am Kel Sherman, back on the podcast with my trusty second-in-command, Lynette Martin. Hello, Lynette.
0: Hey, Kel. How are you?
1: I'm good. So excited to break down this episode with you, and of course, with uh, our special guest who we have in studio this week. It is season five,
2: fresh face. I think they were called. Other Luke, other Luke. First, hello, first timer. Yeah, not even a familiar face, just a first timer. But just say, a yeah. first timer. Super, just a first timer, but very excited to be on with you guys, and excited that I got promoted from producer to guest.
1: Yes, a little <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, other Luke was indeed our producer last time. Lynette and I were on the podcast. Didn't have the best takes in the chat, but uh, hoping hoping he's bringing his best game today. So uh, before we jump into the game, we call him Other Luke because we have the already well-established Luke Hildebrand, who is uh, another host on this podcast. And uh, Other Luke maybe can just be upgraded to regular Luke or, or normal Luke. Who knows? But Luke, uh, why don't you tell us about your background with the TV show Survivor?
2: Yeah, so... Well, first of all, I will say as soon as I jumped on Survivor at Home season five, I saw, you know, I'd watched the the cast pages or whatever, saw that there was another Luke and saw that Luke was on. And so I instantly changed my name to Other Luke because I really liked the idea of having something like Boston Rob or London Steve, one might say. Uh, and so I instantly changed it. My whole hope through the entire weekend was that it would stick and someone openly called me Other Luke the other day publicly in front of their family, and it made me really happy, uh, and so I'm just going to roll with that and just, you know, going to take that to my grave that I'm kind of like Boston Rob in the sense that I have an Other Luke status
0: Okay, I do have a question. Why is it Other Luke? Why did you pick Other opposed to Where You different, Live Luke? Different, or- different Luke. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know about the whole London Steve thing or like Stoville Ryan. I didn't like I knew of London Steve just from like watching the videos from before, but I didn't click that that was connected to his name for some reason. And so I saw there was a Luke and so I changed it to other Luke and it was like the very first thing I did the first minute I logged on in Survivor at home. So yeah, but to That's answer true. your question, Kel, I um I loved Survivor at the very beginning. You know, I I can very much remember like the original OG Survivor and Australian Outback and all that. And I'd say I was really good for like the first five years, maybe 10 or 11 seasons and then dropped off. Uh, and then it was funny, like just meeting with Andrew uh, Ironside and it just having a chat with him and it just kind of like reinvigorated. Like I love that show. And so suddenly started binging stuff and then ended up on season five, but missed enough details that I outed myself as a non-regular survivor during season five of Survivor at Home. And uh, yeah, so that's my experience, but recently have really fallen back in love with it. My wife, uh, is a little bit bothered by the fact that I go to bed watching Australian Survivor and I wake up talking about North American Survivor. So, you know, we, we, have, to we have to do for love, right?
0: So you haven't converted her. Like she's not, she's not into we're, it at all.
2: We're watching season 44 together. Um, oh, nice. We were talking about this episode last night after it finished. She loves happy things uh, and she's just a happy person in real life. And so she loves watching hard things on TV, mm. but scripted TV is something that's very knowable and kind of predictable where this is not predictable, which is what I love, right? Like this whole episode is I'm here for it because it's just, you cannot know that what's going to happen is going to happen. So, yeah.
3: Mm
1: -mm. Yeah. And so I have not started Australian survivor, but I have watched the first uh, three or so seasons and it's remarkable survivor, like amazing casting, great twists. 24 castaways and it's about 55 days or so so it's a completely different game what? yeah how, how but, do those
0: people take time off work for 55 days well, i guess this is I, a side conversation
1: yeah. yeah but i highly recommend i'm not watching the current season of australian survivor but i've heard it's top-notch australian survivor which is already saying something as the previous seasons are amazing so i will go back and watch it at some point and i know people in the survivor at home discord are watching it and there's whole. Threads going on, so I'll jump on at some point. So, so yeah, that's so you had. How was your experience in Survivor at Home? So, you obviously didn't win. We've heard from the winner, Steph Ironside, last obviously, last episode. obviously, <laughs> oh, obviously,
2: but you did make it pretty far. You, so yeah, you were, voting. yeah, I did. Well, you, I, did. You, I was top which, five, to, which was really great. I was, I was yep. top five. Um, so I Andrew Ironside talked to me about it in December and I was really hemming and hawing because I'm not a super, I, I didn't feel like I was a super fan and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do well at this and kind of bugging me. is like, just do it. You'll 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 meet want to do it. I really am really glad that I did. Um, but I, I definitely tried to play off at the beginning that I was a little bit of a rookie to hope. I was trying to underestimate that part of the game just that maybe people would think I was a bit of a noob and I was down to the radar. Um, I really enjoyed, I, you know, for those of you who haven't Participate in Survivor at Home or watch. There is an entire island online on a website that the Survivor at Home production team builds. And then there's just different areas you need to search on that island in order to find advantages and things like that. And I just started diving into that. So I, you know, I had a couple of idols within like three or four rounds. I I used one. I think I got voted out second or third vote of the second night. So I made it to the merge. I played an idol when Steph I went out, the eventual champion went out. and I had another idol in my pocket and I thought I was safe. And so I was like, I'm going to save this for a little bit later and then got blindsided that next time. And I found out later that if I had let, like they were all going to vote, the people who voted me out were all going to vote Steph I out on that vote. But we, I masterminded a move to get her out the round before. But then Steph and myself both managed to work our way back into the game. So I think I came back in at like top eight or top seven. And then I lasted a couple of more rounds, but I just could not break through the all women alliance uh, and probably i know it's it's terrible so i got voted out but the highlight for me was sitting there in the back end of discord staring at these four women and knowing they were going to vote me out and there's nothing i could do and it was just oh, funny so it's like i know what's coming and everything nothing i said to try to convince anyone would stick it was and so i just knew it right and and it was in that sense it was worth it but i think uh, other than that, the the 13 minute I'm really hoping my world record for holding 10 Jenga blocks up in the air, like 13 minutes or something holds forever, but it was an amazing experience. And if you're listening to this and you have not given it a try, I'm not someone who knew a whole bunch of people coming into this and it was still an incredible experience. I mean, even when you, if and when you get voted out, because only one person can win, uh, you know, Exile Island is fantastic. There's tons of hot takes and people are just wondering what's going on in the game. And it's a really it felt like a, a true vacation for me, even though it was just like 24 hours of madness. I was just so happy that I did it.
1: All right. So, so many things that I want to say to that for, first off miss playing idols is the survivor at home way. So uh, <laughs> you are in very good company. Very, very good company.
0: Second, Luke, oh. you didn't, well, Luke you didn't even mention the fact that you should have been granted yet another idol. That was not given to you and should have been given to you. Like you, maybe could have been like one of the idol masters in it Survivor. Could been, it could have
2: been epic. History. It could have been epic. And I, I will say, and Andrew Ironside and I have talked about this. I think his call was right. There was, there was a, a counting mistake made on an idol given to someone else, and I think I should have gotten it. But the idol had already been played and used, and so I do think he made the right call on that because it would have, it would have totally messed up the game. I think it's happened only once in survivor history where like probes realized that he missed up. There was like a there was a there was a challenge where someone had to spell a word and they spelled the word liaison wrong. And he actually had to stop and tell the person who had immunity that he didn't have immunity and take his his individual immunity back and then say, also you're out of this challenge and someone else gonna win it. And I just I wouldn't want that to happen. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's brutal.
1: But Lynette, Lynette yeah. is right that you you did find another idol. But, you know, as someone who's ran Survivor Games as well, and to defend Andrew, um, there's so many things to consider. It's a, such oh, a fast-moving yeah. nice pace for the players, but also for production, Andrew and Katie. So I've been in similar situations where I've, like, miscounted and misunderstood and misplayed things on my end. And these things just happen. And at the end of the day, like, we're not – actual professional paid people were just guys and gals running games and drawing ha- people to have fun and hopefully not and my, screw and my up whole anyone's point game is on. that
2: like actual survivor got it wrong once so if actual survivor can get yeah. it wrong i think there's a lot of space for andrew and Kadian's production productions of any type of survivor it it was fine like there was no million dollars on the line and like i said i had such a great night i'm also convinced lynette that that next pub trivia challenge that they did 100 i would have been out on that challenge like i would not have won that so if it hadn't been then, it would have been right after that. So. so, and to, to be
1: clear, you, you did not know anyone or, or who, who, or you just had vague connections from the Muskoka vague, vague Alliance? Vague so,
2: yeah. So I didn't have any actual connections to anyone. I knew Andrew Ironside vaguely through his former colleague, who I work with now. Uh, and Melinda, who came top four, uh, she and I run in the same circle. And so people in the past that said like you and your wife would love john and melinda they're great people you guys love books you love board games like you've all these similarities you should get to know them and it just never really clicked and then when i saw the cast page i was like oh that's the melinda that everyone says we should be friends with and then since survivor at home we've gotten together a couple of times we've got some similar stories in our family and it's just been really neat to connect um and apparently john wani lives around the corner for me too and i didn't know that so, you know, the Muskoka Alliance is coming for you Season at Home 6, Survivor at Home Season 6.
1: Well, unfortunately, uh, like 98% of Survivor at Home people are in the Muskoka Alliance, so uh, yeah. they're coming for each other.
2: <laughs> so,
1: we I'm, I'm Anyone Melinda... who
2: lives north of the GTA, Kelsey, you're in that alliance, just so you know. Yeah, woo! Woo! Yeah, now we're okay. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm excited for Melinda to be on the podcast. I don't know if I'll be hosting while she's on, but I I'm excited to see and hear how she breaks down the game. That's that's going to be a good podcast for sure. Hope I'm I'm sure she's coming on. So just really quick before we move on, from my perspective, the f- fresh faces, the first timers, first timers, like, yeah, the first timers were just a wall of faces and names to me, and I like I could not tell people apart from each other. So. I I was a bit from my perspective like I didn't know how to work with you guys or if we could work together at all, but of course from your guys your guys's perspective, are the familiar faces were winning every challenge and you guys wanted to get one of us out. So I guess it wasn't really in the cards for maybe me to like play with any of you necessarily, but I just didn't know how to like form that bridge to anyone on that side because. There was just no no connection from my from someone who actually does have like no GTA connections at all.
2: So yeah, that was
1: that was it, where I struggled with the the first timers.
2: It was it was really interesting because your your tribe at the start of Survivor Home Season Five was so strong. Like you said, you lost no challenges. We lost the first challenge and we had one less players, so we got a, ba- a pass on the first challenge. And then we won for quite a while. We had immunity, and so like. <laughs> I think, Lynette, it was like the champions, the, the finalists who kept getting decimated in the first night. But honestly, Kel, like you yes. talked about this afterwards, I think even on the podcast about how you wish you had like made connections. But for us as first timers, everyone on any other tribe just seemed like such a threat because you had done it before and we all didn't. And so we were just like ride or die. We're sticking together to the end. Um, but it, it's interesting because now on this side of it, I wish I had known to trust a little bit more. You know, people talk about trusting currency so much. And I wish we had reached out to you and been like, tell we'd like to bring you in. Will you flip or something? But we just didn't know how to have those conversations. Um, the, the one thing that's tough about Survivor at Home, and it's just because of the way the game is played, is you don't have a lot of time to build connection. And people can jump, the way we use Discord was Fantastic, because you jump in and out of chat so quickly, Lynette and I could be having a very intense alliance conversation and you can just show up unannounced. It's not like we can see you walking down the beach, like in Beach Survivor, where you know it's coming. Um, so it makes it really tough to really build those connections because anyone can be coming in and out at any time. And there's no chance to be like, hey, can we just finish this conversation first? Like they're just there listening to you and you have to yep. let them listen.
1: And that's how Andrew Bray got out because I jumped into a chat and he said one of the uh, familiar faces had to go as I entered the chat. And so. <laughs> i pop out and i go find london steve and i go find melinda i'm like guys this is what i just heard we got to get andrew out now and of course it played into stephanie and melinda's overall plan of you know getting the guys out one by one so yeah that was you know on on me as well but but uh but yeah you're you're absolutely right jumping in it, it it's you, you hear things and you you have to make some quick decisions
2: yeah it's great it is it is a quick thinking game and i love it yes
1: uh survivor at Home great time highly recommend people play it'll break your heart or uh you know you'll just make some lifelong friends along the way well one of the two
2: one <laughs> of both. those two dichotomies there's nothing in the middle yeah.
1: but uh we're not here to talk about survivor at home season five we are in fact here to talk about survivor season 44 episode 5 the third turd pop quiz who said the third turd who said the third turd Carolyn.
0: yeah come on she has the best sayings. Last <laughs> yeah. last episode was "I am Felicia." This episode, the third turn. She, wow, good call in
1: that. Cool. Yeah, both we have two uh two Carolyn lines. And to spoil, like I I am a Carolyn fan. I I'm really really digging Carolyn this season. Really liking her her energy, what she's bringing to the table. Um mm-hmm. and so yes, we've uh we've uh of course have not been podcasting so long, but thank goodness. That we are here to podcast today about the best episode of the season.
2: Uh, no, no.
0: Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. So, it, yeah. it depends I,
2: on a certain point of view. No, of view.
0: I finished the episode and was so sad. Maybe we should save it to the end. But I'll just like, yeah, what? we'll save that. What to the a end. dud. Oh, okay. What, what a dud.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I thought last episode was probably the best episode of the season. Mm. Um, And then to go from such a high to like such an extreme low, it was, yeah. Well, we'll get into it. We will get into it. But you know what? I'm going to be as positive as possible and we will talk through what we saw. Um, Once again, all survivors, good survivor in my opinion. And so this is just not the best survivor, but it's still the best survivor. So without any more chatter, we will jump in. So we open... Uh, With Tika, the purple tribe, night nine, immediately following last tribal council where Carolyn blindsides Jam Jam uh, and Sarah is blindsided out of the game. And Jam Jam, whose jaw hits the floor in tribal clearly does not get his way, is not happy back at camp. Um, Jam Jam says, I just wanted to be included in the vote. You know, I I probably would have went that way. I I would have if if you if you talk to me about it. Do we believe him? Do we believe that Jam Jam would have been okay with that if if Carolyn and Josh brought him into that? What do you like, what do you guys think? If if I someone mean- is saying that.
0: No, I don't think so. I think he likes giving those one-liners to try to convince the people around him that he's not there to play, like back to when he was trying to look for that idol. I, he just wanted to do it for fun. He just want, you know, and this time he's like, well, oh, I just want to be included, right? He's always just making excuses to like not play the game, but he is definitely playing the game. So no, I do not
2: believe him. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how it ends any other way. Because if I remember correctly, Sarah had a fake idol that Carolyn had planted and so, what is Jam Jam going to do? He's going to tell Sarah after, and then she's going to play her fake idol, and then she's still going to go because it's still going to be a two-one vote. Josh is protected. Like Josh and Carolyn were both protected by real idols, but I like like when it said, like Jam Jam has these one-liners that are quite good and they're they're very funny. It's part of why I love him.
0: Oh, oh I love his I love his But it's so words. hard to
2: figure out his game in some ways because either he's playing it so well or he's actually just having a ton of fun and not actually playing
0: yes
1: and so here's here's carolyn who's faced with this this decision go with jam jam or go with uh sorry yeah jam jam or go with josh and on one hand she feels that jam jam is not you know respecting her position in the game seeing how seeing things from her, her perspective and on the other hand we have josh who's willing to play an idol on her and wants to stay in the game and is willing to work with her and so from her perspective, it's, it's an obvious choice. I'm going to go with a person who is sharing information with me, who's drawing me into, into their plans. So I overall think Carolyn made the better decision for her game in that moment. I think uh, you want to play with people who want to play with you and who are respecting you and who are including you on the plan. And of course, Josh is just trying to stay in the game as well. And that's, he's playing the game, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, your starting tribe is, are just people who started with the same item of laundry that you did. So uh, you have to make moves during the game. So that's that's sort of where I stand on what Carolyn did last time. Um, and so that segment sort of ends off with who is better for Carolyn's game? Is it Josh or is it Jam Jam? Um, and we'll get to that. She has that beautiful inclusion.
2: moment too. She does a confessional where she's like where do I go like what do I have to do if it's my heart I go with Jam Jam and she kind of like makes this like hug motion and she's like but if and then she gets very meta and she's like but if it's good for my game it's Josh and then kind of like makes a puke face because she's so sad that she has to go with Josh for her game I thought that was she's very smart like I tell you said you're already a fan of this is like, this episode that confirmed how much I love Carolyn even if she were to go next week I am just so thrilled with her game
1: yeah. And to connect it to Survivor Home, I could just picture Stephanie Ironside being in that position. If I go with my heart, I'll go, I'll keep London Steve and Kel. But if I go with my head, I'll go with the first timer girls, which she did. She went with her head and she won the game. So will Carolyn win the game? We'll see. Only time will tell. Right. So uh, night nine comes to a close. Uh, the next day, we start day 10 at Ratu Beach, the Orange Tribe. Uh, we see, we start with a and Matthew talking and Matthew is expressing that he is in a lot of pain. Uh, he is talking about his, the shoulder incident that happened at the, uh, episode one where he is climbing the rock and falls and they, uh, what did a few flashbacks and they, that was a brutal, the top view of that. You just actually see his shoulder hit in what appears to be a very not natural angle or way. And oof. So we cut to Matthew talking to Carson, Carson with no glasses, took me a few seconds to figure out who that man was, but it was Carson with no glasses. <laughs> and so Matthew is, of course, um, sharing his pain with, with Carson as well and saying, you know, he really appreciates that he can be so emotionally open with Carson and that he is someone that he can talk to about these things. And of course, of course they hug. And so when I, when I saw the back-to-back Matthew talking to Kane and Carson, I did have a moment of like, is this real or is he using this as a strategy to like draw people into, you know, his sort of his web that he can maybe just use this as an emotional tactic.
0: Wait, who, so Carson?
1: I, no, sorry, Matthew. So Matthew. Oh, I thought, okay. Because I'm like, Matthew's Carson is going,
0: definitely doing that. He's definitely. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: No, not okay, Carson. Oh, so you're Matthew, wondering if
0: you yeah, Matthews, if Matthew's playing is the talking victim. Talking
1: part. Yeah. And just wanting people to like, boo-hoo, feel sorry for me. I have this injury. So my mind did go there. That's probably mm. too deep into like strategy thinking. And so if I did ever play Survivor, that would be you know something that I would probably worry about and just not feel people are being genuine. But of course, we'll find out he's being genuine. So um then we cut to a confessional of Carson saying that he's been on Ratu for four days. Like that—that that stuck out to me. It seems honestly like they were on that tribe for for like a day and a half, but I guess he's been with them for four days. Um, and we cut to Carson talking with Kane, and they're they're nerding out, talking all things that were probably talked about at the high school lunch table while playing Magic: The Gathering, while all the other cool kids are outside smoking or playing sports, and the two okay, of them are but, just having.
0: But. Like the, he was like saying they're all nerds and saying like, what's your favorite Pokemon? I like how he asked, not just Pokemon, but what's your favorite Pokemon type? And it's yeah. like That's a reflection <laughs> of the nerd right there. But I did want to ask you too. What's your favorite Pokemon?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to say Charmander is probably my favorite Pokemon.
2: So I'm uh, just playing Pokemon Blue with my son right now because... Uh, I just found my Game Boy Color in a drawer, and my son loves Pokemon, so we're playing Pokemon Blue, and we're currently, he started with Squirtle, and we're trying to currently get his Squirtle turned into a War Turtle. And now we're trying to turn that into a Blastoise at level 36. That's... It's all he's committed to is seeing a Blastoise in the game for real, so I'm going to go with Squirtle, uh, not only that, but because it will clearly defeat Kel's Charmander, uh, because Water types take down Fire types, because that's my favorite Pokemon type, because I am a Kane and a Carson combined.
3: Oof, and do,
0: oof, do you well, find you I'm, identify with those two?
2: Luke. Yeah, I, but also I don't trust them to be actually that nerdy. I think they're trying to just connect. Like I feel like they're grasping at straws to try to connect for anything they can. Okay. Especially Carson because he's on this new tribe. I think he's just like, anyone love me, please. I don't want to go home.
0: Yeah. Oh, I did have a I, question. Or,
2: I think Kane is such a nerd. and I think, I think no, he I, is
0: I, being I, very genuine. Yes, I agree. And he kept asking this question. What about the Jedi? And in my head, I'm wondering, what about the Jedi? Can you tell me? Like, do you want, do you believe in the force? Do you think the force has something to do in Survivor? When you're a travel cancel? are you trying to use the force to convince other people to do what you want? It it turns out Matthew fell
2: off the rock because Kane force pushed him off the rock. You know, Matthew was fine climbing those rocks, but Kane actually used the force to push him down the rocks. I think that's my, that's my hot take. He's a Sith. He's 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 a Sith. Sith, yes. He's
1: okay well we are exposing ourselves as true nerds but so with see kane and carson of course i wanted to bring this up as well loving the sword and shield and this has been an ongoing topic at on the survivor at home podcast about what do we think about the sword and the shield and all that sort of extra stuff of course i said i'm blind to it uh we have uh, luke hildebrand saying that he hates it does not like it at all and then Alex, I think was a bit neutral, but we see that the castaways, the, sur- no, I have the backwards.
0: I think, no, Who I knows? think I thought Alex loved it and Luke, thought, they were, they're very against each other there. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: So maybe but, Alex was okay. less neutral, but they love yes. it. So that's what I'm saying is that I'm, I wanted to talk about how at least those two guys love, are loving the sword and the shield. No,
0: does not like it. Alex does like on the podcast, they were having that okay. debate. Okay. And well, I did, Alex I had,
1: clearly nerd. No, I.
0: Don't. Um, um, one thing like as you bring that up are the sets designs and I kind of got curious to see what other seasons had done for set designs and winners at war apparently had a quote unquote damaged medieval fort theme, which is very, I mean, I don't remember seeing a chessboard or a sword or a shield, but it, it is similar to this theme and I thought we thought maybe this was like the first time. But they've done very lots of different things throughout the seasons for their themes, including a Kenyan indigenous village, Amazonian ruins, a shipwreck. I think I don't know. I think that's interesting. Maybe it's yeah, not. Yeah, I, I like, said this already. Like, like,
1: I'm blind to the set design. I do not pay attention to that stuff at all. So that sounds great. As long as you know there's an island and there's like old rickety looking decor, I'm I'm on board. I'm here for it. So does not take. I know me in not there does not yet, me but
2: in. during the challenge, I turned to my wife and I was like, "Look, it's a drawbridge because the gate had to drop down." And I was like, it's the there first time they've incorporated the theme into the challenge. A, a challenge, he yeah, are going to be so happy." So. Right. It's so, so yeah, we
1: get we get some character moments on that tribe. We we see you know Matthew's in pain. We see Carson bonding with both Matthew and Zane. Sorry, Kane. I keep calling him Zane. So then we, we swap over over to Soca, the green tribe, uh, and we see the tribe is on the beach. Danny is talking about picking up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I, I don't know about you guys, but when Danny was talking about the breathing techniques, I started breathing that way. You know, He said, ah, you know, a big, deep belly breath, like in, out. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to breathe like that too now. And so I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I gave that a go. Anyone else? Just me?
0: Actually in high school, I was in a choir and the teacher or my choir teacher was saying, yeah, when you are singing to use your diaphragm properly and to breathe properly, you push out your stomach as much as possible, right? Actually it out and think about a baby breathing, Think about like a toddler walking around and their bellies just like sticking out because they are breathing properly. So yes, I did try it except for his method was way too intense for me i can't breathe in and out so quickly like that
1: i i don't know if i I stuck to his technique but i did a few deep belly breaths
2: luke are you as
1: impressionable by people on tv as us did
3: you try this
2: i will be honest that i thought to myself i should try that deep belly breathing before we get on the podcast tomorrow night when i watched last night and this is the first time i'm being reminded of it and i'm regretting not giving it a try because i really wanted to fit in but i did not i was i was just blown away that there's like five people on that tribe and it seems like every episode someone else is leading meditation and i think even danny talked about it that like the entire tribe is down with this i was like, they are super kumbaya right now or so it seems it's so interesting that tribe doesn't seem to have a lot of drama maybe because they just keep winning challenges i don't know
1: i think on some level regardless of what your interests are like you need to go with the flow of the tribe and whatever people are doing you just gotta throw yourself in there right as well and and do it so but yeah I, I i agree that there there seems to be a lot of like meditation and that that sort of that sort of stuff um but so we also get a personal segment from from danny and so we learn that he has a four-month-old daughter at home and his wife and he's he's really missing them and i and i really like this i'm not i'm not a parent and um i i do not judge people for you know leaving their family to go do something like this um i the way i sort of look at it is that you know some parents go off to war and you know, do tours at war and some parents go off to you know try and win a million dollars for their family on survivor and i i love the fact that you know he's really just taking two or three months out of his life and doing this so and it it, it was really nice to see that side of danny because he's such a goofball but also to see that sort of like emotional piece that he he does have people back home that he is playing for i i really like that and that was that so uh the,
0: yeah, uh, yeah so, sure yeah you're right yeah, you're right, no, yeah I, i'm a
1: big danny fan okay i i like danny so um yeah no i like so danny then, too he said, until, a bunch later of episode,
2: "Until later in this episode. Until later in this episode. we're not we'll get, there yet. We'll, I we'll have get there. Thoughts. I'm so I have excited. Thoughts. I'm Okay, excited. true.
1: Very true. Yes. Good point. So." then to flip away from the happy, happy stuff of the tribe. We, we get to, we get to Jamie, who is of course the new addition to the tribe. She is sort of the one who came over from uh, her other tribe. I can't forget who it was. So Jamie is saying that she is really vibing with her new, her new tribe that she really likes everyone. And that she feels like, you know, it is, she's, she's in a great spot. Uh, we cut to her walking with, with Matt, uh, and Jamie's trying to build that bridge and sort of make a connection and sort of have a strategic conversation with him. Um, and and of course, Matt, being Matt, says, well, I'm a bit of a noodler and I really like a, a, slow, a slow deliberation. Um, cut to Jamie saying like, what the heck, man? Like, I'm trying to reach out to you. I'm someone who has more knowledge in this game than probably most other people. And you're not willing to commit to this? And I got to say I I agree with her. Uh through 5 episodes of this uh season, uh Matt has looked like a goof probably in every episode and and this just sort of further's that perception and uh and yeah, not not overly impressed with Matt. I think if someone comes to you with an idea in Survivor, you say yes. Like you say yes. It it might not be true down the road, but it has to be true in that moment. And for him to sort of just um you know, really disregard what Jamie had to say, Uh, she, she picks that up. And unfortunately she takes that information and she goes to Franny and she sort of talks to Franny about just her, her frustrations with, with Matt, which, you know, is not really good for, for Jamie first off, because she doesn't know all the dynamics of the tribe, but of course Franny and Matt have sort of this entanglement of sorts and so they're both attracted to each other and so she of course goes he doesn't and, not and tells have Matt. a crush on him she doesn't not have a crush on him she doesn't not have a crush on him i, I
2: highlighted that line when i was like what do you mean you just say it girl <laughs> yeah if, yeah if it's if so someone true comes Why? To you with an idea you just have to say yes on survivor i think someone wise said that one <laughs> yes Yes, I Um, I think so. Yeah.
0: So I haven't seen like tons of survivor seasons and seen these romances on the air, but I thought it was really funny when Franny and Matt, like Franny told, or they were just chatting, and then Matt wanted a hug and was like, (laughs) they went in for the hug and then like, just breathe. And I was like, okay, like I felt, I mean, I guess they're not getting physical touch out there i just felt like i haven't seen that in survivor before so i thought it was very interesting and has that happened before
1: yeah uh well i don't know about like weird hugs oh yes actually in season 30 weird, uh, i thought <laughs> yeah uh i forget the guy's name but the receiver of the hug was jen brown and uh it was this guy with he had a feather in his hair very long blonde hair he's like can we just hug can we just have a hug? And so then they have this like super awkward hug and yeah. And so of course he's just, he's a hugger and she's just not feeling it. And that guy actually does go home that episode. So (laughs) yeah, but yeah, there, there was another, I I wish I could remember his name. It was like something wacky, but, but yeah, uh, unfortunately Franny is enjoying the hug and we do get a comment from a producer saying I can see you blushing. (laughs) So, it's you know what, um if you're out there on the on the island, and if you're feeling like an attraction to someone, like the chances of you actually winning the game are so slim, like why not throw something against the wall and just see and see it'll, what'll happen? No, right? No, come at on. If, so.
0: No, if you're out there to win a million dollars, not to. I mean, okay, wait, whoa. What if they do find the love of their life? It's better than a million dollars. Neither of them win, but they find each other. Is it worth it? Yes. Yeah, yes, of it is. You're right. Yeah, so that
2: you're right. Thank you for proving my point. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> I had to think that uh, through
2: though. So I yes. Here's, here's my question is that it is, it is fairly clear that Matt is head over heels for Franny. I am not so sure that Franny is head over heels for Matt. She's open to it. She doesn't not have a crush on him. I'm interested in your thoughts. Like, do you think Franny actually wants that? I get the sense that she might be willing to use that relationship with Matt to further her game. So you're suggesting
0: hmm, that she's not being honest during like when she's doing her confessionals, because it sounds like she is interested and not using it necessarily for her gameplay. Like she hasn't confessed that yet, but potentially you're right. There is that possibility. She
2: she definitely talked. I think she said she wants to go for Ethiopian food, but she was like, when the game is over, Matt and I will go for Ethiopian food. Like it seems to me she's very much focused on the game. Right. I don't know. I'm just curious with your thoughts.
1: I think both things can be true at once that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm she's genuinely interested in Matt as a person and not willing to like, oh, I want him to be my boyfriend, but I would like to get to know him. And also, I would like to use this guy strategically and further my position in the game. Both things can be true and both things are fine. You know, flashback to Luke Hildebrand being worried for his boy, Matt, that this black widow was spinning him into uh, her her web Uh, you know, it could be that, but it also could be that she just wants to get to know this guy as well, but also in the, uh, confines of survivor, you know, like, yeah, exactly what Lynette was saying. Like shame on Matt for, you know, putting sort of like love and, uh, potentially finding a girlfriend in front of, in front of the game. So, but at the same time, he's also emotionally vulnerable after his breakup. Um, do I understand more why he probably was broken up with? Yes, but you know he is in a state you
2: can't see that Lynette and I just pulled both just pulled jam jams and our (laughs) jaws hit the floor when Kel said that oh no
0: zero respect for Matt no Matt if you ever listen to this you're a great person very I think we could be friends
1: clearly a very kind loving person who loves to hug and talks about his big rod on national tv (laughs) so a
0: hug. yeah
1: all right well you okay, know yeah. what let's let's, let's, let's move keep on going? from Franny yeah. and matt uh great well i'm so curious to see where this this uh relationship goes and uh maybe who knows they'll be the next Boston and rob and amber um so we move still on day 10 we go back to tika um and we have this very touching conversation um of jam jam and josh talking on the beach and it starts off with them sort of talking things through about the whole sarah the whole Sarah of it all, um, and you know Jam Jam just really saying you know oh I was going with the group and and Josh just really you know not having it and um, you know Jam Jam still trying to you know trying to work on a relationship which is super smart in my opinion when you're on a tribe of three like you, you don't really have a lot of options so uh, but he's sort of reading picking up on Josh's body language and his uh, his facial uh, re- facial reactions, um, but the the topic sort of does switch over to them just uh bonding as as gay men on the show and talking about their their coming out stories and how you know how it was for them during high school and how they spoke to their parents about them you know actually being you know attracted to men um and honestly it was just a very touching segment on the show and i you know on the topic of just um having better representation on TV it's it's just very nice to see like this season had at least three gay men in uh Jam Jam Josh and of course Matthew uh, so it's just it's nice to see that TV isn't really you know having these like cookie cutter like here's the gay man here's the black man here's the redhead you know it's it's really just opening up uh, further conversations for people to have on TV and to just you know kind of reflect on people in their own lives and how, you know, coming out to your friends and family can be so personal when you see Josh, you know, he had to leave his hometown or wherever he was from just because he just felt it was not a safe space for him. So I really loved seeing that on TV. And it's, it was very, just a very, very heartwarming moment. Um, and then you switched to talking about voting on Carolyn. So I, I, I didn't like that part so much, but right. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, obviously it was a very touching segment, and I thought it was good that they could bond over that because I feel like Jam Jam was a very definite no against Josh after that Tribal Council, and then Josh tries to spin it with his immunity idol note, right, saying like, "Oh, I, I do have an idol. I, I think it's in." Josh is an interesting character for me on this show who continues to create lies that are unbelievable, and he keeps doing that, and people see right through his lies. He's not a good liar. Um, but the fact that then they were to connect in their personal lives as uh, through their, like, coming out and being gay men on the show, I, th- I thought that was really cool.
2: From a, from a gameplay perspective, though, I have to give it to Jam Jam here because... I- <laughs> I think I might have seen this on Twitter last night, but I can understand why Josh was not the favorite on his former tribe. Like, it just seems to me, um, I I don't understand why he's kind of pouty about the vote last night. Like, he, here's where my thoughts are. Like, Jam Jam is clearly on the bottom of the tribe of three. Like, Jam Jam is at risk. Josh is in a power position because he's ingratiated himself to Carolyn. They seem to be working together well. And then when Jam Jam is trying to talk to him and be like, hey, like, it's just a vote. Like, can we not at least talk to each other? Josh is like sitting against the log, kind of like being grumpy. And I was very confused when I watched it. I was like, Josh, like, there's only two other people in this tribe. Like you have, and you know, of all people, you know, your idol's fake. This like fake idol, we're probably gonna talk about in a little bit. Uh, one of the best moments in Survivor this season so far, if you ask me. Why is- I don't understand why Josh is being such a grump. Like, dude, play the game. Like you, you got to move on, and I was really impressed that Jam Jam was able to move forward, and and it was a it was a really beautiful conversation to have them talk to each other. And but it feels to me like just and maybe it's just the edit, but Jam Jam felt to me like he did a lot of the work to move the conversation to a point. And so in one, I would like put that on Jam Jam's like resume kind of thing of like nice work because this was someone who like 10 minutes before was adamantly opposed to talking to you. And somehow you were able to work it into a conversation where by the end of it, it sounds like you guys are tight enough to try to vote out Carolyn. And I didn't feel like that came from Josh. Like it felt like Jam Jam was running that play.
1: Yeah. And I think I was listening to, I I like to follow the exit interviews. And when Claire was voted out of her tribe, she she was speaking about how they sort of, we're going to vote Josh out at a certain point because he was just not fitting in. And he sort of also appeared to not want to be there. And I mean, you couple that with the fact that he was lying about his occupation. I think he did sort of close himself off to just making connections on his own tribe. And then of course on the new tribe as well. And so when he makes the choice to not talk about being a physician, um, you need to sort of like proactively start talking about, well, how else can I bond with these tribes, my tribe mates? And of course, with him and Jam Jam, they did talk about their, you know, shared, you know, both being their sexual orientation. But uh, yeah, I I think exactly. Jam Jam is doing what you should do in Survivor, and Josh is sort of wanting to protect different parts of himself so not to be exposed in Survivor. But at that co- same costing, like like yeah. he is just not forming the connections to, to go further in the game. Well, of course he does, but exactly. He he should have been playing this a lot better than what we saw on TV.
2: Yeah, and I, I think Jam Jam's social game is just so strong. And, and it's just, I mean, like, he's so gregarious, right? Like I see him and I just want to be his friend and like go light fires on a Puerto Rican beach with him and his husband, because he just seems like such a good guy. And Josh seems the opposite. And I just thought it was so interesting this dichotomy between these two characters who ironically then bond over a very similar experience.
1: Yes, no, it was, it was, it was, it was a nice moment and definitely, but when you're reflecting on, you know, the game aspect of it, the strategicity strategery of it all. Yeah. I think, I think jam jam did, did really, uh, did really well in this moment. So uh, cuts commercial. And then of course we start day 11 and we get to the immunity challenge and so favorite parts my favorite part i love i love paying attention to the rules and just understanding how the game works so no (laughs) no but um so when we do sort of this like overall panning of the challenge the first thing i thought was like holy crap splinter city like so much wood in this (laughs) challenge you know uh but it was such a well-constructed, well-constructed challenge. I would definitely have loved to try and run this. Would I have won? Probably not. But so, uh, yeah, we we cut to uh, the castaways walking in. The immunity idols given back to Jeff in an over-the-top fashion, which I really enjoyed. And I, you know, I probably would do the same. Like, you see Danny, like, bending down and just handing Jeff the sword to him. And I, I really liked, you know, you ham it up. You have yeah. to. That's why you're on the TV show, right? Yeah. Didn't that he was, say like my weird.
0: lord or my siege or something?
1: My
2: liege.
0: Oh, my, my liege. liege! I don't know yes. what that means. But. Yeah,
1: I think it's the same idea as a lord.
2: I love, I love that all of them seem to have committed to this when they return it because like Kane's done it, Danny's done it. Like, doesn't matter who you are, they've all committed to being weird about returning the idols. Has that.
0: has a woman done that, or is it just the guys doing that?
2: The women are just like Captain America style, just chucking the shield at Jeff. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: although Lauren did come riding in that boat with the sword up, that, that yeah,
2: was pretty that's cool. True.
0: <laughs> that one challenge.
1: Yes, it's so fun. So, uh, we we see what the what they have to do is the tribes are tied together in groups of three. Groups of three because, of course, the smallest tribe only has three, so uh, every other tribe has to have three. Uh, Mm -hmm. and they have to run through race through a series of obstacles to a bucket fill it with water run the bucket over a hinged platform i thought it was funny that he he kept calling it jeff kept calling it a hinged platform which i guess it was but i i would have said like a netted
0: netted yeah yeah
1: yeah but it was a hinged platform according to jeff dump the water Into a bucket, which somehow opens the drawbridge, tying it back to the theme. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The moat,
0: the water, and the bucket represents the moat. Yeah.
1: Yes. We're meta, uh, (laughs) where the tribe of three runs across, and then two tribe members have to sink three balls while going through a table maze. So, I don't know what you guys think about the challenge. Would you guys have wanted to try it? Would you sit it out? Where do you guys think your strengths would have been?
0: Well, yeah, for sure. I always would. I'm okay. I actually don't know, but I think I'd always want to try the challenges. I would not want to be sitting on that bench. Um, And just to mention, it was on the bench for Ratu, Matthew again, and Lauren, and then for Soka, Jamie and Franny. But yeah, I personally would definitely want to try the challenges. hundred percent.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. The table maze, I mean, it's such a clutch position, so I would be a bit nervous to be on the table maze myself, but yeah, I, of course, would throw myself into this particular one. Absolutely.
2: If, so only, yes. if only someone doing the table maze had steady hands, you know, like a surgeon or something, it would have been very helpful. <laughs> Too bad. Only physical therapist <laughs> or physical
1: and, and I mean, Jam Jam is a barber, right? So you think he would also have steady yeah. hands, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there. We will yeah. get there. So... Yeah, so the challenge starts. Um, so I Tika, will,
2: go ahead. This, this first thing here that happens where they run through the or they have to climb through the sticks. I've seen a different version of this where they just run through them and just like full bore have to break them. And I got really excited when I saw the challenge maze, and I was sad when I discovered that they were gonna climb through. Sorry, that's all I, I know. Wanted. I just wanted I, to see I agree. take those sticks out at full speed.
1: I I wonder if uh, production thought they would they would go through as opposed to over, but obviously the smarter thing is to go over. But so, but with that being said, we do see Tika making it through first, which did surprise me because I, you know, Tika is sort of like they have to throw in who they throw in, whereas Soka and Ratu can throw the best of the best. But Tika does make it through first, followed by Soka, then Ratu. Tika also gets the bucket first. Making their way over the hinged platform first as well. Uh, however, uh, Ratu is able to drop their net first, then Tiga, then Soka, and it's so great, it's so crazy. And this this challenge as close as it can be at this point. Um, and so all the tribes make it to the table maze, where it all comes down to the end puzzle the table maze in this in this in this version. So uh, we see at the table maze, uh, Soka is the first to sink their ball, followed by Ratu, tying it up. Uh, Ratu follows it with a second ball. Tika finally gets their first ball. Soka gets their second. At this point, I'm like, oh, Tika. A miracle will have to happen for Tika. Ratu gets their third, securing their first place victory. Uh, Soka gets their third, which sends Tika back to Tribal Council so sad so sad Um, not before
2: we get the best eye roll from carolyn in the history of the universe like when when they (laughs) lost carolyn's face i just i need i need a split screen where the corner of the the screen is just always carolyn's face at all times of the episode that's all I need. yes she's such a react
1: reaction reactive person in the best way and i i completely agree I, i i'm here for all this um so so yes uh ratu is uh the first to finish and so they are the lucky ones to uh, select who is going on the journey to uh, the 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 island, whatever whatever they're, called, they're calling it this the season. The journey. I think so just the, the, the journey. journey. Just the journey. So uh, Ratu uh, selects Brandon to go. Uh, they also pick Danny. And I was wondering who they're going to pick from Tika. And I, I thought maybe they would pick Josh to keep him safe. I love the um, thought, but, Josh. Yeah. And I would love to know the reason why well, Carolyn is ultimately the one to go.
0: Okay. Well, I've thoughts on this. The language that they used. So when uh, Rat Two, like Brandon, elected himself, he's like, I'm going to go. He's like, Okay. So that must have been their like, tribe sign that all together. But on Lauren, she was like, We like Danny. We pick Danny to go. So the language, I wonder if Brandon in his mind had said, I, and he actually did that and say in a confessional. I want Danny to come with me. Cause I know I want to work with that guy come merge. And then Carolyn, I think was a throwaway. They were like, and we're sending Carolyn underestimating her thinking if she does get to the merge, look, she's on the bottom of all of them, of all the tribes, nobody, everybody underestimates her seems like nobody connects with her. And so I think that's how the other tribes perceive her and took it as a good way to like select her to go. So that's what I think. And I think, which it's is very so strategic. strange.
1: Which is so strange because on on the journey, uh, we see Brandon and Danny talking about how much they like Josh. So it's like, just pick Josh. Right. <laughs> but, mm. yeah. So that segment uh, ends with uh, Jam Jam talking about who do you vote out? It's so hard when you're on a tribe of three, which is, I'm sure, absolutely the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get back from commercial break. And unfortunately, we're neither at the beach or at the sanctuary, but we're still at the challenge, which is not a good sign. Um, And we see that Matthew is talking to the medic. And so I had some thoughts on this where, of course, we don't have a conclusion at the end of the segment, but we see that Matthew is sort of explaining to the medic how he feels and what's going on and jeff and the medic are kind of like okay okay you know it's almost like a kid explaining to their parent why they need to stay home sick from school and the parents like yes yes you need to be s- s- staying home from s- sick from school and almost like matthew's waiting for them to be like yes you need to be pulled from the game based off what you're experiencing right now but it just didn't okay, come like it just didn't come and, a, and so
0: okay, because I did have a thought once he was gone, I was like, did he do that on purpose? Would like, you know, take himself out of the game because he couldn't bear the thought of getting voted out? Like maybe I'm just totally making it so, up. But just bouncing off of your idea, he was like, please send me home. But they want him to make that choice.
2: I think if anyone's listening to this episode of this podcast, they obviously know what happened, and it's not like I'm trying to ruin the order. But Great. I did, I did look up what actually happened to him. And have you guys looked that up?
1: No, I didn't. I did listen to his exit interview today. And it, there yeah. I did hear what he said on, on the exit interview. But even that was a bit questionable in my mind. But okay, you go. You go with your so thoughts.
2: He, he reported in his exit interview today, Lynette, that he uh, he broke his humerus. So one of the bones in his arms, like the end of it chipped off and some of it had to be removed. He like, he tore his rotator cuff, he tore his labor, like he tore like a bunch of muscles. And if I'm understanding it correctly, it wasn't even in the fall, like he did injure himself in the fall, but he actively participated in one of the other challenges where they had to dig the sand to get underneath the the log. And it was while he was digging that sand that he did a bunch of extra damage. Like, I I don't want to assume that he was wanting to quit, but I do think that he was in an extreme amount of pain. I just like, he had to have like four or five surgeries and go to physical, like physiotherapy and all this. Like he had to do a whole bunch of stuff to fix that. And he's on the men now, but like basically left the island and had to like go do a bunch of stuff. And I I have a, here's my question from this segment is like, why why was he allowed to stay on the show if he was in that much pain? And obviously they must not have like x-ray machines out there and all of this stuff. Like, but that that to me is like, that's dangerous.
1: Is it dangerous? I don't know, so you see that his his uh the you know that his socket was popped out. there's no fracture, there's no break. He's able to move things as normal as possible. you know you go on survivor and you expect to have a few like nicks here and there and you know if something like this isn't the first time that someone's arm has popped out of their sock socket before like this has happened in uh I think season twenty heroes versus uh villains uh, I think sugar's arm pop, popped out of her socket. And she was able to continue on. Um, of course, Matthew was just a bit irresponsible in the game and, and things continue to happen. If he is in an intense amount of pain, like take care of your arm, you know, put yourself first, but also, you know, participate in the game in the best way that you can. Tyson, he also had an injury on his season as well. And he was able to play it off in a way that, Oh, you know, I'm not even a threat, but I'm still going to try my best and win, but I'm also not a threat. And he goes on to win that season. Sorry, other Luke, yeah. if you ever get to that season, but but there are there are people who have bounced back from our arm injuries and I just think Matthew did not take care of himself in a way or he didn't use it in a way to strategically benefit himself in the game and I watch survivor to you know I want to see people be a bit reckless and make you know some foolish decisions and you know for him to uh be very reckless and be very foolish and ultimately you know be in a lot of pain, and make the decision to pull himself from the game. I don't like that, but you know, he made the choice that he made. And I, I don't feel sorry for him. Like I don't, you know, so it's, it's, it's what he signed up for. And I don't think he wants anyone to feel sorry for himself either,
2: but I agree with you that his decision to climb that rock was reckless. Um, Like there's no defending, like, if you want to be here, don't do stupid things. Right. But I do like, he was out there for nine days with a broken arm. Like he did, like we say there's no fracture because we can't see it because he said he dislocated his shoulder and he popped it back in. But at the end of the day, like he's got two broken bones in his arms and, and he was in his exit interview saying you don't see it on TV, but he couldn't lift his arm up at all anymore. Like he, he at the beginning he was doing it, but it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm just I'm just personally surprised that after nine days and he kind of tell maybe you, you heard this, but he, he kind of intimated that like they were going to pull me from the game. They were going to medevac me. So I kind of decided to like claim my own journey. I would much rather be. This is one part where I disagree. Like, I want if I'm going to be on there, medevac me because then I'm not a quitter. It's not my choice. I was surprised that he felt like they were going to medevac him, and he decided to make the choice for himself.
1: Yeah, I also
2: weird. It it lined yeah, that was.
1: That was weird to me as well. It's like, oh, they are about to pull me from the game, but I wanted to take it into my own hands and pull myself from the game because that was the better thing to do. It's like, no, I will leave this game crying and begging Jeff not to take me out of this game. Like, I will be a grown man bawling on TV. And I that was also a bit strange for me as well, for yeah. him to say that I wanted to actively make that choice as well. And then he was putting it out there. Invite me back for a second time. I don't think we're going to see Matthew ever again. I don't.
0: No, I don't think so either. However, I kind of disagree at this with you two. I think your life is more important than your game. And even though putting an onus on somebody else to make a choice and decision for your life to take you out of the game, maybe it was a cop-out in the terms of the game, but in terms of his life, that was the right choice. Nobody but him knows exactly how much pain he was in. So I agree. Like, I don't think I agree with what you were saying. And I do mm. think it was good that he took that's, himself
1: out. That's very sensible. And he did the sensible thing, but I don't watch his Survivor life. always to be, you know, seeing people make sensible decisions. sorry. Just oh. my opinion. <laughs> okay. No, but you know, I, I, I do more wish,
0: important I, than Survivor. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So let, let, let's, let's move on. Yeah, so move uh, on. I do wish Matthew all the best. And uh, I, yeah, you 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 made it on Survivor, and that is more than a lot people a lot of people can do. So would you so.
2: clap before you said that you wish them all the best? Just a little bit of foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. So uh anyway, moving on. So we do get back to uh Tika where uh Josh and Jam Jam are alone as Carolyn is uh, you know, on on the journey. And so they're they're again rehashing um the last tribal and the move that was made. Um, and Josh, who we know has a fake idol uh, states that he does not want to use his idol. That he wants to save it. And, and jam jam at the same time is, you know, from his perspective, he is trying to get Josh, not target him. And of course, if, uh, if he can have Josh target Carolyn. And so of course these men are both doing this delicate dance of like Josh trying to get, Jam Jam to come on his side to vote out Carolyn and not use his fake idol. And Jam Jam is trying to get Josh to also target Carolyn. So he doesn't vote for him in the event that he does use his fake idol, which would ultimately probably get him out of the game because of course, Josh was allied with Carolyn. And so it's just a really funny scene when you really, you know, break down their motivations and how they're both trying to, you know, target the other person so they don't have to vote for each other. And ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter. But uh, it was just a really funny conversation to just watch happen.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I like the best part about that conversation for me was the fact that Jam Jam know or he already recognized once he came back the night before from travel council that Carolyn is a very dangerous player. And he's like, Josh, she flushed your idol. Like, all right. Like, I'm not saying that that was necessarily on purpose. You might want to call it a fluke or whatever, but she's not as unaware as she appears she is. That's how he said it, like very interesting mm. way. And I'm just like, Thank you, Jam Jam C, Carolyn, and I jam, think she jam totally. We didn't even talk about how Carolyn flushed his idol. He did not need to play that.
3: Well, you know, wait, I mean, it he? was it was it was two yeah, to two. So I mean, oh yeah, it would have been, been,
0: been a two, revo, so it Would have been rocks. So, yeah, right. Okay, so maybe. But, but you're meanwhile. right. She
1: she did she did at the end of the day flush the idol and was that pure strategy? Who knows, right? But, um, but that that is that is really fun to 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 flag up as well. Um. So we cut to Shipwheel Island, which is what was previously called in other seasons. And we see the trio walking to the sanctuary where apparently good things happen, according to the sign. Uh, no risking your vote. No advantages. Just this beautiful spread. Um, a meal for the three survivors. Um, I mean, if I was there with them, I would say, I would be like, there's something here there's an idol hidden you know I'm looking at every fruit I'm looking at every 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 basket hey,
0: that's so true they didn't even search I mean, there apparently was I mean nothing. they apparently
1: they might have searched but they might have just cut that cut that footage out but okay I'm sure. sure I would I would say Danny probably searched Carolyn I, you know Brandon I'm less sure of his strategic ability but uh I'm, I'm sure they did um so some interesting things to note from this part. Uh, Carolyn spills the information about the idol. That's only good until the end of uh, the tribal phase, and so the other two, of course, are like, oh, well, clearly Carson has one, clearly Jamie has one. So their idols, of course, well, still would keep them immune. They do lose a bit of their overall power now that they're not. The now that the knowledge is in the hands of you know those two guys. Um, I-, I thought that was super interesting for Carolyn to... Uh, to bring that up. And it's almost like, why sewer Carson's game by telling them about the idol? So that's something that I would be curious to know after the season. Uh, we see Brandon and Danny growing down hard and forming a full-blown bromance. And so I've been, the last time I was on the podcast, you know, I, I love Danny. I think he's a great guy. In this moment. I was very much disappointed in in Danny's performance. We see Carolyn, who is visibly distraught, you know, kind of just like exasperated, like hands kind of just like in the up in the air, like face, eyes, like look at her, and you could see that she's not digging this conversation. And for these two to just completely disregard her as a person and also just her reactions, it just kind of shows their ability to pick up on the social cues of people who are being actively excluded. And are we surprised that an NFL player and, you know, another popular jock are sort of the ones to be on that side? No, but I was hoping that Danny could be a bit more perceptive in that moment.
0: Well, okay. I actually think they maybe are perceptive, but they did not care. They did not care about Carolyn. And that was the worst part of that scene is that they were so condescending to her, leaving her out of the conversation, not treating her like an equal player in this game. At one point, um, Brandon was like, I hope you make it through the night. (laughs) And no offense, you'd be good to keep around because you aren't very good at challenges. Just totally undercutting her, totally putting her down. And I did like Danny before, but seeing him and Brandon treat carolyn um like as a lesser
2: of lesser person i yeah that was really unfortunate this this for me was one of the moments too where i just really learned carolyn sees so much more than we give her credit for and i i really appreciate how unafraid she is to call it out like i think at one point she spit the fruit out of her mouth she was so upset that she kind of like spit it down to the ground and was like what do you mean like What do you mean you people kind of thing like but what do you mean by that and they just didn't have an answer for her because they clearly did not think she was worth their time and one of the things that i don't hope this is not going too far down a rabbit hole but like the only people voted out of this season so far are four women and two men who have been evacuated or quit or whatever you want to call for matthew like like there's just seems to be such a disdain for what is possible and I I personally am really excited that Carolyn is like no holds barred wanting to like blow up their games now as a result of this meat tray, whatever she called it. You know, which I was like, Carolyn, I'm with you, girl. Go, let's see what you can do.
1: Yes, yeah. No, I, I'm completely on board with that as well. I think, yeah, Carolyn is definitely, you know, she's very vocal of, of her feelings and she's not afraid to just let people know. And of course, not always the best, thing in survivor. So we'll, we'll see how far that sort of attitude gets her. But I think in this moment, she was, you know, she was right to sort of be like, Hey, you know, like, I'm here too. So uh, of course, so no, no, there actually is no idle, no advantage, no losing your vote, just a meal, and just uh, being able to just information share, which of course, is also just very valuable as well. Um, and of course, we, uh, we go back to the beach and uh carolyn carolyn arrives and she's very straightforward just well you know it was just food of course you know you're gonna be on some level not really believing her whether she would say she got an advantage or not and we as the audience know it was it was just food and so i i really i really loved the 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 segment about the the fake idol and and we were sort of talking about uh you know jam jam and his strategic sort of Prowess already. And so I don't know if this was really good of him to say this, but he's like, these are the these are the beats from Tree Mail. Josh, these are these are from tree mail. And Josh would be like, No, 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 they're not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think
0: he recognizes them immediately. Are those the beats from Mail? Those are the beats from the yeah. Mail. Josh. <laughs> and of course
2: and then the and bees then are Marilyn like recognizing the piece of paper is the same one that she he like showed her lad the night before. Like this is this is what's got me confused about Josh. Like I feel like the new era of Survivor is all about the super fan. And Josh does not seem to be a super fan in the sense that he's not showing himself to be very smart about these things. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I like Carolyn and Jam Jam are at the next level. Like the fact that Jam Jam saw those beads so quickly, Josh thought he had to hold the wool over their eyes somehow. Right. I know
0: he's a and poor I mean, liar, poor at deceiving. Poor poor
2: liar
1: and for and for I love the the beads are like actively falling off the idol and Jam Jam in confessional is like killing himself laughing about like the beads are coming off your janky
2: idol. Did <laughs> you notice that that confessional was very differently filmed?
3: Yes. It was,
2: it was yes. happening so quickly cuz they were just trying to capture Jam Jam. I feel like I can imagine whoever the cameraman was for jam jam being like you need to come stand over here right now and jam jam is like uncontrollably laughing at can contain it. <laughs> so it was like it was like a scene out of arrested development all of a sudden instead of survivor I was loving it
1: yeah yeah and so all the while of course Carolyn as every time Josh turns his back we have Carolyn um you know like <laughs> we're good we're, like, we're, we're good, we're good. We're, we're
2: we're good. good. Right I love you again.
1: Yes. Yes. And so Carolyn is just, you know, giving her, giving Jam Jam every possible signal that like, we need to stick together. We need to vote out Josh. And then, so this is, I think where Carolyn kind of was like, kind of dropped the ball where Carolyn talks about the conversations that were had on the journey and talks about how Danny and Brandon really love yeah. Josh and really want to work yeah. with him and really want to keep physical people in the game. And of course that sends up a red flag in Josh's mind. It's like, okay, well that just puts an, an additional target on my back on the top of the other targets that are already on me and so where all this is of course building to like where the heck is this crazy tribal gonna go who is gonna vote for who who is gonna get out of the
2: game and also there's four minutes left in the episode what's happening right now
1: yes yes there's clearly the segment the segments are have been very long um yeah the the hour is coming to a close And then we have Jeff pulling up on the boat. And obviously if the clock was not signaling the fact that we're not getting a tribal, Jeff arriving on the beach does.
0: Yeah. So I was so disappointed because I wasn't looking at the clock. So I was like, "Mm," just like enjoying the survivor. And then also I was like, no, not Jeff on the boat. Cause I just knew there wasn't (laughs) going to be a tribal. And I was so disappointed
1: yeah yeah i i was very see what i what i like about survivor is it's a very intriguing show you just don't know where the vote is going to go who's going to side with who what really drives the vote at the end of the day and there are Mm -hmm. so many different factors and layers to how jam jam josh and carolyn would all vote i found this travel to be potentially very intriguing and for no vote to happen in this very critical point in the game was extremely disappointing yeah. i was very sad to just not have a resolution to who would vote for who who would eventually leave um and
0: well like to I this actually... be the
1: week that i'm on the podcast like i'm sad like i'm sad i wanted a good i wanted a good episode to talk about and I this know, was
2: right? I do this again i'm the guest after this i'm done
1: <laughs> you could be our I'm producer, so You're our producer. I, texted, really
2: I texted paul paul and i were watching live and she was like how you feeling? and i was like i can't believe this is the week i'm on the podcast oh,
1: like Lord. wet fart of an episode right like
0: it it's just oh, i
1: know that's probably it was, it was, why
2: they called it the third turd it's so turd it was a turd of an episode
1: <laughs> it was a turd of an episode yeah it actually like, was. yeah we have this like we have Josh, who's kind of like a, a dud, if I'm being completely honest, Carolyn, who is just like this wackadoo, like Ooh, very, national, yeah. like very, super dynamic, just very out there person and Jam Jam, who is, who can hardly contain himself, who is just, you know, can't telling inappropriate jokes that just don't connect with this audience. Like, where are these three going to go? Like, mm-hmm. Where is the vote going to go? It mm-hmm. went nowhere. Like the vote went nowhere. We don't get okay. to see the vote.
0: No, I it, okay, in my mind. I thought is the game messing with the game a little too much here because you lose tribal, you go to council or sorry, you lose the challenge. You go to tribal council, period. That is like the ultimate rule in survivor. That makes it the game of survivor. You take that away. Who cares what happens in the challenges? Who cares what happens anytime? So I thought was I'm in my mind. I felt this in the season where Ben won that Jeff really wanted Ben to win. And in this case, they are totally favoring Carolyn and they did not want to lose her. They did not want to lose Yam Yam or Carolyn. And so they were like, okay, he, Matt's gone. Matthew's gone. We're going to cancel travel council so that these cannot, these people can make it to the merge. My mind did go there.
1: You, you never know that that could be, that could be possible, but also on the logistics side of survivor that they do need a certain amount of people to make it to different parts of the game. So, so I think once again, I think both things could be true. That they did want maybe two of those three people in the game, but they also, on the production side, needed a certain amount of people to make it to the merge. And we've already had two people leave under like disappointing circumstances. And yeah, I, I just think Survivor had to make tough calls, or you know, sometimes an easy call. And that's that's just it is what it is.
2: Um, I know we're short on um, time and like where things are coming to the end of the episode kind of thing, but I am curious, like I've never seen, I've seen people medevac before, including Bruce this season. I was so surprised that they didn't actually show Matthew leaving at all. Like right. it was like, he had that weird conversation where he didn't quit in the game. Like you don't see it. They obviously filmed it because they knew something was up because why would they film that otherwise? And then you just like, he comes and announces, but you never even see. And then, I, we're watching it. She, my wife was like, did he even get like his like end episode, like end of episode, like confessional goodbye thing? And he did. Yeah. Was like, what is going on? Hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I think they, they excluded him being pulled for or him quitting the game. However you want to look at it, um, because they wanted to save the big reveal that no one goes to tribal and also the double whammy that he leaves the game um for the for, right. for the final for the final moment. So the audience does get that payoff. Um, but but you're right. They in, in seasons past uh they do they do you see the person leaving the game and then Jeff had does come at the end of the episode because it still could be up in the air. Like I, I don't know why they chose to do it this way. It still can be up in the air but yeah but that's but that's throughout the route they that's the route they went. Yeah. Um, um one thing sorry. before we, oh, we yeah before well, we just... completely <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go. So, I just Josh did get a personal segment at the in the episode, um and so I honestly I didn't mark it down. But he we do see uh Josh talking about just many of the obstacles and challenges that he has overcome in his life, and you know of course you know he being diagnosed with several different diseases and being told he wouldn't live past a certain age and him. Eventually going to medical school and just of course, just breaking, breaking boundaries and just exceeding every expectation. And I just wonder, you know, first off, if people are castle Survivor, you're you're an amazing person to begin with. But I just wonder with Josh just, you know, being just such an amazing and you know, outstanding person as he is, I wonder if people who just have a life like that kind of just like walk into Survivor, just thinking that maybe it'll happen, it'll probably happen here too you know? Mm. So I, I don't know. That's just one thing that I thought about Josh as I was watching that segment. Um, Right. And I didn't want to, you know, just undercut Josh being on the show as well, but yeah, he is obviously just an outstanding individual and has, you know, done a lot of great things in this life. Sorry, Lynette, you were going to say something.
0: Yeah. No, we're same wavelength. I did want to mention Josh's story because it is pretty cool. Even though he's kind of a, like you said, dud in the game, he's an amazing per. Like he's lived an amazing life.
1: Yeah. Luke, any any other thoughts on the game? Did we miss anything that you want to talk about?
2: I, I think one of the things, just going back to the sanctuary visit a little bit, is that I'm I'm surprised at that edit because there's been a lot of conversations this season, like in social media and stuff, about the fact that so many women are getting voted out so quickly. I was very surprised that, and I actually surprised is maybe the wrong word because I don't quite know how I feel about the fact. That they cle- like they could have edited that to make Brandon and Danny look less misogynistic and like just so uncaring towards Carolyn, and I I'm very interested in like the commentary that Survivor is making on the culture around us because we see these women getting voted out, voted out, voted out, voted out. Two guys like leave the game because of injury, uh, however they leave, but then they have this sort of this sanctuary scene where it's very clear that these two guys are dismissive of Carolyn. And the edit of that, it's a little bit meta to talk about that. I know it's not like the actual game of Survivor. I don't know if I'm impressed or disappointed. Like, it was kind of as weird. I was like, man, you're really going after this. And I just, I wanted to know if you saw that or felt that, that like, why would, why would they do it like that? Because they could have, like you said earlier, Kel, they could have easily shown an edit of Danny searching for the idol or, um, you know, them being kinder to Carolyn. I'm sure they said nicer things to Carolyn. Well, they were sitting there eating all that food, but they showed all the negative stuff and really painted those guys in a bad light. And I've got to think it's for some reason because otherwise it's just kind of a weird edit to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you're sort of veering into edgic territory. which we'll is just sort of edit logic. And so if you don't know what that is, maybe don't go read into it because it'll really just mess with the way that you view survivor. <laughs> but it, yes, you know, back in season 39 when uh, Island of the Idols was airing and we have sandra and rob on an island and as, by season 39 i think we were like four seasons deep where we had not seen a woman win and to just say in the first 20 seasons it was very much like very close like neck and neck gender wise of who who won survivor yeah. but there was a period in the 30s where met like man after man after man won, and there was a story you know not to get to you know whatever but you know a lot of a lot of it was just white men that would win and so yeah. in season 39 we have sandra and rob and sandra is saying you know i think sorry they're they're sort of like on the island of the idols not in the game and sandra says i think this is the season that a woman wins and so of course at the same time in the meta narrative of survivor you know as a whole the fans are like oh my goodness we're actually going to get probably a woman winning the season for season 39 and so all season long you know we have these very strong women in the game but lo and behold we get our uh, our first redhead winner, in Tommy Sheehan, win the game. And so, to your point, Luke, like the editors aren't idiots. You know, they they know what people are saying on Twitter that you know we want to see a woman win this game, and we won't see a woman win the game until you know Erica in season 41. But I don't know. I don't know why they make some of these editing choices that they do. You know, the fans have these expectations of the game, and maybe it is sort of on the production side of things that you know on the editing room floor, you just have a lot of, you know, white or male people making the cuts and, you know, just from their perspective and that, you know, is, you know, they're telling the stories from the lens that they want to. Um, And who knows how those decisions are made, but that is a very interesting point that why, why show these two men just in this very unflattering light talking about, you know, guys and being the bros and all that. You know, visibly excluding a female, and so who knows where this season will end up but right,
0: i and I would just say like well, maybe it's like you're are you're making the statement that potentially it's all edited, but what still happened, what was came out of their mouths that all like wasn't put into their mouths, their body language wasn't changed at all literally you had both of them like kneeling or standing up and she was like crouched down because she was so and visibly her separate with from their them. bodies,
2: right? Like yes. they were putting her their bodies between her and the camera. Like I thought yeah. that was interesting.
0: Okay. I did not notice that, but I think it's not necessarily a reflection of what the editing did, but what they did to themselves. I would suggest totally. that. Uh, and because, because I just she, I disagree. Because she I disagree. felt the way she felt that means it is valid. She said they totally excluded me and you, I believe her.
1: Well, I mean, I I believe her and what she's saying is valid, but I still disagree. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it does break down on the editing room floor, and it's what the producers want us to look at and know. And so we see these two men, exactly what you guys state happen, and then we cut to confessionals of Carolyn explaining her perspective. You know, Heather, who Andrew loves from season 41, she was shown zero times on the first like seven episodes of the show just because the story first off didn't go there but there's still a story that could have been told between her and and the eventual winner erica and she's she makes it to the final four heather but the editors chose not to show us her for whatever reason because there's other just stories that they wanted to share and so we have people with just this very unflattering negative view of heather because she wasn't shown um and so the editors can well no what i'm what i'm saying is the editors can make us feel what they want us to feel so in that moment, the editors want us to feel that these two men are undercutting Carolyn, which they were, and her feelings are valid, and it was happening. And so a lot of that is the editors showing us this, like they're saying this is actively happening right now. And I believe the editors could have also edited it around that and made yeah, them and look not a lot shown that, and not, and not given us that. Carolyn's perspective, because like you couple. An editor, you you couple like these two men doing that, and then you have Carolyn's confessional, and you're like, yes, yes, this is happening, and that is not good. But you could have also had just like a close up of Brandon talking, and then just sort of like swoop over to Danny talking, and not even see not even see Carolyn at all, and we wouldn't have really given a second thought, and no confessional of Carolyn saying how she felt, you know. Or, then there or would a be
2: confessional no- of Brandon saying Carolyn was acting really weird, and like made insult like maybe she, and I'm making this up completely. I've not heard this anywhere, but like. Carolyn insulted me really quickly because I was an ex NFL player. Why would I want to talk to her about that? Like suddenly it puts it in different contexts. I'm not trying to because I do believe Carolyn was like those feelings are valid. I, I'm not trying to argue against that. I just think that's a very interesting choice to present it in that way. And it it's the first time that it was very obvious to me that there was a narrative being pushed that I I think it's there. Like it's not that I disagree with the narrative, but I was very interested to see that. I think all the way back to the start of episode one, when like you hear the producer's voice and Carolyn's like, I don't know how to do the confessional. I just think there's something special about Carolyn, not saying she's a winner necessarily, but I think there's something special about her that calls things out in a different way.
0: Right. And I think maybe that's the narrative, like they're sharing both narratives through those clips. Like they love Carolyn. The show is pro-Carolyn, even with the cancel of the Tribal Council. That's where my mind went there because Carolyn, like you said, is special for this game and special for the TP.
1: Yeah, let's get all the Caroline we can. <laughs> I hope she goes deep into the game, and I'm excited to see all these big personalities come clashing together at the Merge next episode. This is Kel, this is Other Luke, this is Lynette signing off of Survivor at Home. Hi. Bye. Bye. Bye.